Yeah, I'm not going to waste all the minutes of this fantastic session. Um, my name is Fiona Chambers. I'm the president of ISF. And I want to thank Risto for setting up this wonderful session and welcome our colleagues from AERA and all of our ISF family to this session. So I'm passing over to you, Risto, and I can't wait for this session. It's so exciting. Thanks, Fiona. Um, so my name is Risto Martinen. I'm wearing several hats today, one being as a secretary general of ISEP, uh, two as a chair elect for the special interest group for ARA, American Educational Research Association, so our SIG uh, 93-4-PE. Um, and then also a moderator slash facilitator for this uh, conversation. Um, so basically, I'll, I'll give you a short rundown on ARA SIG 93. So we're the research on learning and instruction in physical education um, special interest group. We have uh, a few board members uh, on the call, um, Aaron Centeo, uh, Karen Gaudreau, Mara Simon, and Haley McCown. Um, we have our annual conference this uh, or in 2023 in Chicago. So that's April 12th to the 16th. Um, so although the normal abstracts have been closed for that, um, we are still seeking applications for our Invisible College. So on Wednesday before the conference starts, we have several hours, six hours or so of thinking outside the box, having conversations about key issues in physical education research. Um, it's not a place to present your research per se. It's not a research conversation, but it is always the highlight of the ARA conference for me. Um, and that call is still open until about mid-November. If you are looking for um, applications there, you can just chat me through the chat here and I'll, I'll send you the information. Um, then let me just give a plug for also our ICEP conference uh, that's coming up 2023 in Chile. It's July 4th to the 7th. Um, that conference is the first time that we're gonna be in uh, Latin America and we are super excited to be in Chile. The um, website should be live next week. We're going to put out a call for abstracts shortly thereafter. Um, and so we have a really, really robust program there. And we're excited to be in person. There will be an online option um, for limited online, getting the keynotes and some online presentations. Um, but that's kind of the, the business there. Um, let me briefly introduce the panel and then explain what we're doing. So first, uh, you're gonna hear from Dr. Jennifer Walton Fissette. Uh, she's a professor at Kent State University in Ohio in the USA. Um, next up after that will be Dr. Javier Arturo Lopez Hall. Um, he's a professor at the Autonomous University in Baja, California, Mexico. And he's a coordinator of a research group of Latin American scholars. And this is where I practice my three years of Spanish from high school. The organization is called Red Iberoamericana de Investigación sobre el Sedentarismo y Actividad Física en el Ámbito Escolar. Good, Arturo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oscar is going to give me a commentary there as well later. He's my um, Spanish language translator and colleague. Um, and then finally, you're going to hear from uh, Dr. Ash Casey, who's a reader. Uh, at Loughborough University in the UK. So let me lay out the plan in the next minute here. Um, 
You're going to hear from Dr. Walton Fassett next. Uh, the first part is to hear from these three scholars who we've asked to share about their international research collaboration experiences. Um, the second part is hopefully guided by you in the meeting. Um, so meaning it's a time where you're going to get to speak out and share research questions that are going to benefit from having some international collaboration. Um, and then finally, the third part is for us to break out into five groups. And so I'll put these in the chat so you can kind of think about what group you're going to go to. So they're policy, assessment, social justice and PE, physical activity, and PEAT. Um, so we're going to have key uh, or discussions about key topics in those sub areas uh, in those uh, breakout groups. So without further delay, let me pass it over to Dr. Walton Fissette for her brief talk. Thanks, Risto. And give me the hook since I don't have a lovely PowerPoint like Ash to guide me. Um, happy weekend, everyone. I'll just say that since we have people from wide variety of time zones and different days, um, potentially. Um, again, Jen Walton Fissette from Kent State in Ohio. Um, behind the scenes, Risto mentioned ARA in Philadelphia, which was in 2014. And that is really where my collaborative work started. I was on a panel with Laura Azarito that was talking about revitalizing the social justice agenda. And up to that point, I had really focused on um, research that focused on adolescent girls embodiment, which is really like the work of Kim Oliver with the activist approach. Um, but at the time, I felt like the change that I was hopefully making was with, with such a small population of students that I felt like things had to change in a bigger, larger um, perspective. And so ultimately, as part of my panel talk there, I said, here's the research study that I want to do. Who wants to join me? Um, and so that was at the ARA SIG. And at the time, um, there were people from the U.S., UK and New Zealand, and ultimately people who are interested in social justice work, um, we came together as a group. And so we were an eight person research team um, that was interested in social justice from a wide variety of perspectives, because um, in New Zealand, they are much more advanced when it comes to social justice and equity than we are here in the US, certainly in 2014, 2015, 2016, we started this work. Um, Risso asked about IRB, and that certainly was a challenge. And so we got IRB through Kent State and even within the U.S., um, utilizing that IRB, um, adopting Ohio State University was the um, most challenging one. But even though we had IRB here in the U.S., in other countries, um, they had to go through their own ethics um, process, um, which really wasn't that bad because we already had the, you know, the framework from the IRB that we did here. We call it Institutional Review Board here in the U.S. Sorry, I shouldn't use acronyms. I should know better than that. Um, we had to really um, collaborate and have lo long discussions. And we were using Zoom before everybody was doing it with um, COVID and figuring out different time zones. And that was always, you know, fascinating um, and great. But we met through Zoom. Um, and we really had to define and identify how we were defining social justice and what that looked like. And that was really important, particularly when we were developing our data collection tools, um, because we had to be on the same page because we were interviewing a wide variety of participants and in different contexts in, in countries. Um, and when you're doing social justice work, of course, that you know really matters. And that really did actually get a little bit tricky. Um, because some of my colleagues on this work um, 
recruited people that did social justice work, where some of us just recruited anybody. And of course that can potentially skew the data based on what we're looking at. Um, especially from the US perspective, I was arguing that it's a paucity of social justice and equity work here, um, which was you know, quite clear. Um, and so, but really um, gathering the participants, gathering the data, that was the easy part for the most part. Um, we did it um, in our different pockets. And um, you know, it was interesting listening to interview transcripts and how some of us probed more than others. And I mean, for a qualitative research study, an eight person team is quite large. Um, and you can't account for that about, you know, even though we had an interview protocol, it was semi-structured and, you know, what is the, what is the probing, who digs deeper, who asks more challenging questions. And that was definitely seen across the, um, eight people in, in the research study, um, that didn't come out through the findings, um, so much, cause we really used our interview protocol in some ways to help guide, you know, some of our themes, but. The data analysis part, um, and that's with anybody, and this doesn't have to be international, but everybody looked at it, even though we had a theoretical frameworks from different perspectives. And I think that took us the longest time was the analysis and making sure that we were on the same page, looking at the data um, in multiple perspectives. Um, and that took a long period of time. I will say here in the US, we have what is called tenure and promotion. I didn't start this collaboration until after I got tenure because I knew that it was going to take a long period of time. Um, ultimately, our work started. This was, I think, what, April? I literally found out I got tenure and promotion on the drive down to Philadelphia before this all happened. Um, so April 2014, and we, you know, the work happened for a few years um, before we came out with any kind of products. Um, the tricky part, and I'm sure my time is, is coming up, but the tricky part was when you do a large scale study, you have, of course, multiple publications. And at this time, we really wanted to try to make impact when it came to social justice from internationally. And so we were doing stuff with ISEP. We were started doing social justice workshops at ISEP, which was really exciting. So that um, created a larger international um, audience. Um, we were having 30, 40 people that would came, come to the um, workshops at ISEP, but it was how are we going to display this body of work? And so we really um, wanted to do a special issue. And I'll be honest, we um, submitted to JTPE here in the US because we felt like that was really paramount since social justice was not on the radar at all in the US um, and we were denied. And so then we went to PESP and with David Kirk and David Kirk took a chance with us, but there hadn't really been a special issue on social justice and Pete up to that point. And um, David took us on. Ash Casey was our associate editor. And I don't need to go into the details of that process of being a guest editor of a journal. That's a whole nother topic for a different day. But throughout the entire process from getting the team getting, you know, IRB and ethics, how to collect, you know, um, who are the participants going to be, data collection analysis through the publication process. When you collaborate across countries, there are just multiple layers um, that were um, there. Um, but I'm definitely very proud of the work that we did, which um, resulted in that 2018 special issue in PESP. And actually a recent publication just came out this past year. Um, so the work continued. Um, all of us have done more offshoot work at this point in time. I'll be honest, um, I was okay of taking time off from doing such a large collaborative project. It was exhausting. And um, 
almost a full-time job, just making sure to stay organized and have everything documented. But it's also some of the most rewarding work that I've done in my career. Um, and certainly exceedingly proud of that special issue that we came out in in 2018. Um, so I'm grateful and glad that we did do that work. Um, I'm certainly happy to answer specific questions that you may have. And Risto, hopefully that gets yeah. along to what you're looking for. Yeah, that was that was perfect. Thank you so much for sharing. And if you have uh, questions, you can drop them in the chat and um, or talk about them in the breakout room. So let me move over to Javier. Uh, and Javier can kind of share about his um, his collaborations and international collaborations in uh, Latin America. Hello, everybody. Um, uh, briefly, as I uh, tell before, we belong to a network. It's the Ibero-American Network in research, in sedentarism, uh, physical activity in the school environment. In this case, uh, we start in 2020. Uh, this network is, um, is with 10 countries. It has like um, 18 universities and most of them has, or primary focus is education is uh, mainly attend students in, in of their bachelor degrees and their master degrees. And some of those programs has a physical education focus. So in our case, uh, what something that, that have, have been identified as a problem is uh, the movement in physical education. Uh, so we try to attend the physical education class with strategies then the students move at least a fifty percent of the class, and we try to to conduct that kind of 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 classes, and the the countries has a different may different main or on objectives in, in physical location. And we try to, in this part, it try to collaborate with the change, uh, mobility of professors or mobility of students as part of the, of the um, education in, in, in the university. So in this case, in our, in our case, we have been uh, uh, taking the model of uh, the coordinated approach to children's health. It's an uh, old uh, uh, research that have been like um, like uh, open uh, perspective to use the system for observing the fitness instruction time, the SOFIT, to evaluate the physical location class to try to attend the movement in the in the class. So in this in this case, we have been collaborating with other universities, eh, like in the University of Coimbra in Portugal, and also the University in of Costa Rica, in Costa Rica. So in this case, in our case, and the other universities have been done their own research collaboration with other topics back 
but in physical education, but the network is not so old. It has like two years, but it start as a, as a union to collaborate between universities because the quality of standards of education is is like um, present is present in in all the the models. So collaborate and cooperate with research uh, is important. Thanks, Javier. Um, so I think I think it's it's great that we have U.S. perspective. We have a Mexico, South America, Ibero-Americas kind of perspective here. Um, and hopefully a lot, of, uh, a lot of the members as well can seek out some connections with ICEP and AERA. Um, so let's move from US to Mexico to uh, the UK. And Ash, um, you're free to share your screen here and uh, talk about a little bit about your research collaborations. Uh, thanks, Um I've created a presentation just to kind of show quite a lot of the collaborations I've made and, and how long they took to develop and I'd like to thank Jen for reminding me I've had to change the presentation while she was talking um, but that will become more obvious okay so I'm going to kind of do a timeline between 2003 when I was doing my master's degree and, and the present day and during my master's I was exploring cooperative learning and my um, supervisor was David Kirk and he introduced me to Ben Dyson and Ben helped me a little bit with um, understanding about cooperative learning but the first time we published together was in 2009 so it, was a, it took a while to kind of well for me to do my PhD but also to to get to a position where we were ready to work to work, work together uh, 2005 I went to my first British Educational Research Association conference and it's the first time I met Anne McPhail, Hawkan Larson, and Mikhail Kavenestat. Um, and then it took us probably longer to get to a stage where we were ready to publish together. Uh, 2006 I was invited by David to a P Futures conference at Leeds, what is Leeds Beckett now? Um, and that's when I first met Peter Hastie. Um, Peter and I um, club, collaborated together in in, two, in 2010. And all the way through this, it's to me it was a case of of kind of incubating and and um, developing relationships, finding my own path as well, but but not kind of wading straight in in terms of what a collaboration might might look like. Um, Two thousand and ten, um, I met uh, Tim Fletcher at ARA, um, and I presented a piece from my PhD, and Tim came up to me at the end and said. I think we're doing similar work. Do you want to have a coffee? And if you know Tim, that's that's very Tim. But um, I met Javier in 2010. I was invited to um, Spain to deliver at a cooperative learning conference. And again, it takes time to kind of develop these, these relationships. And, and it goes on. I met Nicole Mockler, who uh, is a educational researcher from Australia um, in 2013, and we published something together in 2015. Um, now, this is the bit where Jen's corrected me because I went to Madrid to the ICIP conference when I first met Doug Leddy, but actually I'd met Lee the year before at 2014 in Philadelphia. 
because I remember sitting in a cafe with um, having breakfast with Tim and Lee, and we were talking about a book we were going to pu- publish, and Doug couldn't be there. So then I met Doug in 2015, and again, the collaboration took time to kind of evolve. Um, Lars Bjorke and Irene uh, Rockamora came to Loughborough and worked with me um, in 2017 and 2019 as during their PhDs they spent four months and three months respectively working and we published in in 2022 together so I guess this timeline and what I'm trying to show here is that it takes time um, to get to a position where you're ready to work with somebody and thinking about this I kind of came up with a kind of three main points I think in terms of how I approach collaboration and some advice is it's about people. It's about making connections. It's about establishing that you, that this is not a throwaway. This is somebody who's going to kind of, who shares an interest, who, but who's also going to challenge you. Um, all the people I've worked with have really challenged me to think differently about the issues we're dealing with. Um, the paper that I wrote with Anne McPhail, uh, Mikhail Kavenestar and Hawkan Larson was a car crash to start with. We all could coming at it from completely different perspectives. Anne and I were probably aligned. Uh, Mikhail and Hawkam were aligned and trying to get a narrative and a, a, where we, we were kind of exchanging ideas was, was, was really challenging, but we had to trust each other to be able to have those conversations and to feel safe having those conversations. The next thing is the shared ideas are important. If somebody comes to me with an idea that's already fully cooked, I'm first thing I'm thinking is, what have I got to contribute to this? And sometimes I come and go, did you really ask this question? Because the really interesting question has about three different words in it than the one you actually asked. Or didn't you collect this? So building ideas together is really important because there can be a sense of, well, there is a sense of ownership. So you've made connections not only with people, but also with ideas, and those ideas are evolving. And finally, it's it's about action. When I work with people, I want them to do their share. I don't want to do my share. I want me to do my share, but I do want them to do their share. And at the time that that we kind of agree. So my advice in any collaboration is decide what you're going to do before you do it. So... This is this is the authorship. I'm going to be first author. I'm going to take seventy uh, percent of the work. I'm going to present to you the first ideas. Then, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's no ambiguity because then if somebody doesn't do it, you can go back to those original discussions and have that kind of conversation to say, well, you did say you'd do this. I understand things have been busy, but or I'm afraid um, we can't do this anymore. And you have to have to me a situation where you can get into something, but also you can get out of something because it doesn't always work. Thank you. Thanks, Ash. That's that's awesome. I, I feel like any PhD student or master's student getting into it would really benefit from, from seeing that as well because you could see how long sometimes it takes to get those collaborative efforts going. And, and I think the comment at the end about doing your share. And so anybody that's worked with other colleagues on collaborative papers have have found out who not to collaborate with in the future as well. And we've all probably been there and been like, okay, well, this was really tough and I'm going to choose not to work with that person. Um, and, you know, I, I think that those are also 
from those expectations. If you clearly lay out those expectations, as you said, it's uh, it's much more helpful. So um, now that we've heard from the three panelists, uh, I'm going to kind of open it up to you all to bring up research questions that would benefit from international collaboration that you'd like to uh, like to share or talk about. So. Um, if you read the blog or got an email from, from me, from the ARA SIG, I did assign some homework. Um, so if someone has something to share, uh, please feel free to raise your hand if you feel more comfortable um, uh, putting it in the chat. You're more than welcome to. Um, in, the, in the interest of starting to roll this, I'll, I'll share a little bit about um, kind of what what I would love, love to understand more of is these nuances of after-school programming around the globe. Um, and as I'm speaking to you now, I actually owe my colleague from Mexico, Oscar Nunez Enriquez, on this call, a draft of a final paper on a review of research on before and after-school physical activity programs across 20 years. And that review has really led me to realize that there are just so many similarities across countries and a ton that we can learn from each other in how we conduct out of school space, physical activities. So um, if you're interested in, in working in that um, out of school space, I would love to love to connect with you and we can chat further. But uh, do we have other uh, people on here who would like to share or have some good ideas or some overarching questions that would, would lead to some collaborative? collaborative efforts. Go ahead, Menno. Yeah, thank you, Risto. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Menno Schlingeland, um, Eindhoven, um, Fondage University. Um, yeah, most of my work is on um, didactics and in speci especially assessment. Um, and we've done some work on that, but something that I'm really curious about is because uh, we see like the, the narrative around assessment is changing a little bit from summative to more formative forms of assessment or assessment of learning versus assessment um, for learning. Um, and I think this differs greatly across countries, um, perhaps even within policy documents, um, but then um, next to that also in what, what is happening in PE classes around the world, uh, related to to assessment um, so are there countries that are really like advanced uh, in their thinking and their practice on assessment um, uh, and uh, how does this differ from other countries that's something that I would be really interesting interested in in, in like using for collaboration awesome thanks Mano. and uh, maybe you can put your email address in the uh, in the chat so for people who are interested in um, reaching out for more that would be a Great way to start the conversation. Others? I guess that you said Aria. I couldn't hear anything, but I was able to read your lips. So hi, I'm Aria Saxlati from Finland, and I'm part of ISF Early Year C Group. And I'd really like to tell you that we are we have been very interested about uh, very young children's 
uh, aquatic abilities and skills. And I recognize that uh, in the participants, there's Christine de Martelar and Christy Howells. So we are part of the ISEP Early Years Group. And uh, in case you are interested to join, to find out what kind of aquatic readiness uh, young children have in different parts of the world. So I think that we, we would love to have you as part of our team. And in case you know some of your colleagues, so please let us know and make us together. So that's all. And if you want to meet Aria in person, we do have an ICEP 2024 on the books in Uvascula in May. So that's 2024, May in Uvascula. That's the next conference after that. Yes, you will be very, very welcome. Any any others? Ideas? Yeah, Carla? Oh, hi, everybody. I'm Carla Vidoni. I'm from Brazil originally, and I live in the United States. Um, I like Aria that, that you mentioned about your research. So I've been uh, working with people from different places, different countries. And uh, we one challenge that I would like to share um, is that the sharing data is a problem. So last week, for example, Aria was in some of the conversations that I would like to be part of some studies that they were doing in Finland. But because I was not part of the ethics, I'm in the United States, there is this uh, GDPR, you know, the global protection. It is very difficult. So I'm wondering if, um, if there is anybody, even Meno, that you are doing international research with assessment, if there is a way that we can do and collaborate uh, that we can get around this or we can go through this in a timely manner because sometimes it takes forever to get approval uh, to work with different countries. I went through one study last year, it took a while because we had Finland, Brazil and United States. And um, so it's a challenge and I would love to collaborate with people from different places. Thanks, Carla. Other uh, other ideas, questions? Vic, saw your hand go up first. Vic Ramsey, my teacher's college grad buddy. Vic, you're on mute. I see that you are on unmuted, but we Can can't you hear, hear you. Now? Yes. Can you hear me now? Awesome. First of all, thank you, welcome, and thank you so much for, for this opportunity uh, to the presenters. Thank you for sharing. Uh, my, my question uh, is hopefully uh, to tap in with Javier, uh, who I was uh, chatting you know, kind of briefly on the, on the chat, my good friends in Querétaro. I'm always uh, interested in, in reaching out to them to present down there. But um, so I translated an instrument uh, to Spanish, and uh, I am currently, uh, I pass it on to folks in my uh, college's uh, uh, linguistic department to get uh, um, an accurate translation back to English. Um, however, the challenge is one of two words that might be appropriate in English uh, when translated to Spanish may take a different meaning. So at some point, I would like to uh, perhaps reach out to um, to Javier and uh, touch bases with him, uh, having some contacts uh, again in, in Mexico and then uh, Puerto Rico 
and uh, in Panama, would like to uh, touch bases with him on that. But um, the question also has to do with the actual uh, process for translating uh, any type of instruments. Uh, what is, because I, re I recall when I attended AERA, I went to the this uh, table where they had these uh, uh, various uh, resources and no one could give me a precise answer as to how could I go about getting something translated accurately using, say, uh, a reputable uh, research uh, uh, resource. So if anybody could share that with me, I'd be greatly appreciated. And uh, thank you. Thanks, Vic. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, Aaron? Yeah, I have um, pasted something into the chat and I don't want to go into detail because you can, can read it there. So we established two um, networks, but these networks are always within the European Union because they are funded by the Erasmus Plus program. And I just want to give um, a little bit other direction into the discussion and perhaps somebody could share some ideas about uh, collaboration across um, uh, continents. And um, I'm always thinking about how can we do, do good collaborations and get some uh, funds uh, across continents. And that is really um, um, a, a complicated and difficult thing. And perhaps there is somebody who has um, some experiences in, in that area. Um, so we get a little bit money from our university or for bilateral collaborations and so on. But uh, if there is somebody in the call who has uh, who wants to share his experience or her experience in that, I would really be interested in that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. The, the funding thing is really interesting. And for those people that work outside the U.S., the U.S. has a different funding system like for us at George Mason, we had a partnership with Oslo Metropolitan for a faculty PhD student and a actual like secondary primary teacher exchange where we would send teachers to observe in the other um, other city, essentially from Washington, D.C. to Oslo. And I was able to take part in that. Um, and what I learned from there was that George Mason and Oslo applied for funds from this international organization but they gave the grant fully to Norway because if you would have done it for the US, our university would have taken 57% of that uh, research funding off the top because of the indirect fees. So big, huge grants get cut over half um, a lot of times. So those are those are all the, the questions too is like, if you get funded, where do you want the money to go where it's going to be passed down the most to those people who are actually working on that project? So um, and others, please, please post in the in the chat and how thank you for that question, because it's going to keep me up at night thinking about how to answer that. Um, Christina. Um, yes. When Ash was presenting, I got an idea because it's very important that we start from uh, people, uh, ideas, and then the action. But I was thinking when he was presenting, perhaps um, 
before waiting for big budgets, we can also use some sharing master thesis students abroad between different countries or between different partners. If we know each other a little bit and their research lines, we can bring together also at a very low level and guide some students together. That can also be inspiring for the young generation to uh, get a first step to the internationalization. So it was Ash who inspired me because we do it when we go to conferences, but thanks to the online possibilities, perhaps there is also more in the future to be done with the master thesis students. That was my inspiration, thanks to Ash. <laughs> Thank you. Um, other um, comments, we have a couple, couple more minutes in this, in this section for anybody to share. Can I? Yes, absolutely. Sorry, you were on my second page, so I didn't see your hand go up. Uh, Viviana, go ahead. Okay. okay. Hello to everybody. I'm from Italy, and um, I'm now here participating to this um, meeting on behalf of the CAPD. CAPD is the Italian uh, Association of Physical Education Teachers. So uh, it's, a, it's a confederation of... Uh, uh, many uh, local associations in all Italy. So um, we are more physical education teachers than researchers. Um, if you need uh, some cooperation, some data uh, from people, from, from the schools, uh, maybe I can help you. Of course, um, in, in Italy, it's easier if you want the data from uh, students that have 18 years old and not under but maybe we can uh, we I, I can do something if you need some data at least uh, collect uh, questionnaires or something like that just i can put my email if you want to write to me okay thanks Fabiana. Um, ash i saw your hand go up did you did you have a comment Yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, my interest is around um, alternative forms of PE, particularly models-based practice. That will come as no surprise. Doing some local work at the moment on um, teachers' uses of models. Um, we're trying to move to a position where we understand how it can be done without collaboration with the university. Otherwise, it's probably not sustainable if people can't do it on their own so if anyone is working in in this space in other countries or is interested in working in this space then i'll be interested in a in a virtual cup of coffee and uh a chat through through ideas really thanks ash javier Sorry, Risto, when I had, when you give me the voice, I forgot to share the web page, the web page of Risafi of the network. I just put it in the chat box and, and if you let me, I can just share in one minute, just fast, because I know you had hurry at the time. So you can see in here the web page of our network of uh, the Iberoamerican Network in, in uh, Centrism, uh, Physical Activity in the School Environment. Uh, we have some objectives. First is share in, in, our, in our 
uh, activity of physical education and the the members are from 10 countries from many many uh, universities that are in the AWIP uh, from different countries and some of them some of them work in some research line but most of them we work in moderate to vigorous physical activity during the physical education uh, uh, class as i told you we start two years two years ago in 2020 and we we're glad to to collaborate with other institutions so that's that's what that is what i want to share with you. sorry for don't share before no, that's that's perfect, and thank you for um, thank you for sharing. So we are surprisingly on time. I plan to go into these breakout rooms with twenty minutes left. Um, so what we're going to do now is open up the breakout rooms again. Um, I'm going to try to copy and paste those rooms again here real quick. So they're on policy, assessment, social justice, and PE physical activity and PEAT. So based on that room number um, and based on what interest you have in talking about it, um, go into those groups. Um, we have some facilitating questions. So if there's an ARA uh, board member or an ISEP board member, they have gotten an email with the facilitation questions. That is as a backup, right? If everybody's silent in the room, we'll go to those questions. This space is for you to talk about the issues that are pertinent in those sub areas under whatever we are ARA SIP. Um, so please feel free to openly discuss. We'll have about 15 minutes in there and then come back in. Um, so Cassandra is going to open up the rooms uh, and based on those rooms, just choose where you want to go. Um, give it a couple minutes if there are um, no people in there. Um, I'll go and jump in and say hi to you, um, but we should have a pretty uh, robust discussion. So let's go ahead and open those rooms up. Uh, all right. So again, please feel free to uh, use the chat. I'm sure you all had some great discussions in there. Um, so if you put something in the chat in your room, it doesn't show up here. So if you want to share your email or contact information or ideas, uh, please, please, please do so. Um, as we kind of wrap this up, um, let me um, give you a little bit of just some reminders. So the ICEP 2023 in Santiago de Chile is July 4th to the 7th. Uh, so this upcoming uh, July, our website is going to be live next week and a call for proposals is going to open uh, late November, early December. ARA 2023 is in Chicago, April 12th to the 16th. The call for Invisible College presentations is still open, and you can send those to Jean Barcelona at Wayne State University, and you can at, uh, get that email address from me if you need it. Um, so the next ISEP Connect, which is the, um, the session that we have every last Friday of every month, um, we're actually going to move it a little bit because of some of the holidays in the U.S., and we have some U.S.-based people on the um, on the board. So we're going to move that. We're going to send out an email about that. The next ARA SIG 93 session um, is November 18th at 10 a.m. Eastern. 
uh, and that is a graduate student showcase. So basically, it are there are five minute graduate uh, graduate student talks. So PhD students are presenting their research in five minutes. We give them feedback. Um, so if you have PhD students who would fit that description and are kind of in their last couple of years, they have some research projects that they want to present. Um, please, please, please uh, let us know. Um, I can put my email on there. So if you uh, missed any of these announcements, um, you can email me. But I really, really appreciate everybody that uh, shared in the small groups or in, in general here. Um, I love that we were able to bring these two organizations together. Thank you to the panelists who uh, who were here as well to share about their research collaboration. And, and as we've talked about in different conferences, I, I hope that this is a springboard to some future collaboration down the line and not just an independent individual conversation. So um, we will stop the recording now. If you have any follow-up questions, um, I'll hang out here um, for a little bit and uh, Cassandra can um, 